Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we are going to kick off 2024. Yay! I, you know, I love years that have even numbers for some reason. 2024 just sounds like it's going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. So, uh, yeah, so this has become an annual tradition for us where we have a sort of kick off the year episode where we talk about, you know, things like setting objectives and strategies and what tactics we might try or you might try and, you know, what the focus for the year is going to be. And, you know, people seem to like it. It's, it's like a good time of year to reset and and think big thoughts like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering, maybe we should start with like what's happening in the world right now. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we could say this every year, but it does feel like there's a lot in the swirl. Um, you know, we've got two really large wars with no end in sight, which is it's impacting a lot of people. Um, we've got what I guess what I would call is excessive softness in the tech startup space. I, I was just reading a recent article about how, how many gazillions of dollars have been blown up and now millions being returned to investors and startups, you know, kind of quietly closing. We've got this, you know, uncertain interest rate and inflation environment. So we have kind of all that. But then we have corporate profit margins soaring. So sales are going down, but profit margins are going up because they're changing how they price, which you'll love, <laughs> and um, and the mix of things. And so it's this kind of interesting backdrop. I mean, it's it's it would be easy to sit back and say, oh, things are terrible. I mm. can't do, you know, fill in the blank with whatever you were thinking about. Right. The my take on that is like, you know, we're not Nike. We're not not playing a numbers game and and not trying to attract or reach the mass market. So I feel like people like us can be can be super nimble and find really lucrative pockets that are perhaps in spite of whatever's going on in the macro. Yes, niche and play your game, right? right? Like get, yeah. I mean, we're always beating the drum for specialization and niching down, and this is just one of the one of those examples where, like, if you're if you're just generally selling, and you know, average stuff to average people, if you're just selling white t-shirts, good luck. Yeah. And and if you have to sell, you know, razor thin margins, and you have to make your income based on volume, like, thank goodness we are not in those kinds of building those kinds of businesses. So, so yeah, so I, I couldn't agree more. It's like if the, I mean, you know me, I don't read the headlines at all, so I barely know what's going on, but, (laughs) but I do know that, you know, like in my Slack room, a lot of people do get caught up in it. And like you said, it real things are really happening and impacting people's lives in a very negative way. It's, I'm not completely, you know, have my head in the sand, but I just don't look at it constantly. I don't look at it even every day big news I hear. And probably on the weekends, I'll catch up on the headlines from the week or whatever. I'm just not constantly depressing myself with things I have no control over. You know, you know if it bleeds, it leads. Mm-hmm. It's So that's what we bombard ourselves with. And, you know, I, I'm not suggesting that we, you know, curl into a ball and not listen <laughs> to anything, but it, it, you do kind of have to decide what you let into your consciousness. Exactly. That's how I, exactly how I look at it. Yeah. Well, you know, there was um, an 
an article last night, today's the 12th as we're recording, and it was uh, by Paul Krugman who wrote an opinion piece for the New York Times. And the title was Watch What People Do, Not What They Say. Mm -hmm. And his point in it, and the, the example he used that I loved is New York City. And he said, you know, everybody's saying, oh, the city's dead in terms of action, that it's, it's, um, it's not safe. He said, and yeah, in the daytime, it's quiet because the offices are empty. But he said at nighttime, like try getting a reservation at a hot restaurant in New York or going mm -hmm. to a bar or uh, do they still have discos? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Disco. <laughs> I was thinking like a dance party, you know, like dance club, a club. Thank you. <laughs> All right, I'm not old enough to have gone to Studio 54, satin just for the record. No, we know. You guys sat yeah. in jumpsuits still. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. But yeah, but like when you think about that, it's a really interesting way to look at at clients. Like it's easy to go, oh, well, the headlines say everybody's down. But exactly. then you have a client where it's just the opposite. They're trying you know, to do a thing that you happen to specialize in and they mm -hmm. need your help now. And right. it's, they're not really worried about the budget. They're worried about the outcome. Right. There are, right. So folks like us probably don't need 20 clients. 20 would probably right. be a lot back when I was consulting. So for anybody who's consulting a solo consultant, 10 would probably be as much as you could handle in the year. And if you're, if your niche has 10,000, probably in a normal distribution, there are ones that are having a year that looks like the headlines, but at both ends, there's going to be people who are uh, not in that same situation. You just don't need 10,000 customers. You probably just need a handful of good clients who are, in spite of whatever's going on in the macro environment are having a great year. Think of the headlines from the last few years with COVID and, and it was just pure doom and gloom. I had a bunch of students who had their best years ever. Mm -hmm. It's just unevenly distributed. So yeah. So yeah. I guess we're just hammering on the drum of like, don't, don't let the headlines bum you out too much because almost certainly there are exceptions to the rule for whom you could provide a lot of value, create positive impact, and they would pay handsomely for it. Yeah, it's kind of like finding that little pocket. And right. when I say little, it can actually have a lot of revenue in there. I mean, I've got a couple of clients that are in, they do, they serve a somewhat similar industry. And for one, 2024 is probably going to be their most amazing year financially yet. And for the other one, uh, not so sure, right? 2023 was a really tough, tough year. So, yeah. it, you know, sometimes, and I'm not suggesting that that you have to pivot the way a lot of us did in, um, in 2020, but it might be that you just renew your focus in a particular mm -hmm. portion of your niche too. Mm -hmm. And I, th I feel like we talked about this recently, but it might've been, I might've been talking to somewhere else because I'm always talking. Um, but Shaking up your product mix for the existing niche can also be an interesting thing to do. Yes. And is perhaps a segue into what I'm thinking about for my focus for this year. But before we get there, like I've talked to people who are like, look, people are just people are just gasping at my price points for my normal stuff. And it's like, well, make something new that mm -hmm. is lower cost to them, lower cost to you, that you can price profitably for both parties and shake it up. Try something different. Do a little experiment. Well, you know, that's the Pia Silva story, 
right? Because they were, the story she tells is that they had a bunch of $30,000 design projects that were going nowhere. Mm-hmm. And they had a light bulb moment and they switched it to either $2,000 or $5,000 projects, called all the $30,000 people, said, hey, that's off the table. But hey, if you want, I have this other one. She closed every single one. Mm. Right. And obviously, if you think something's going to be 30,000 and all of a sudden it's two or five, mm-hmm. it feels like bargain basement time. I'll take one. Right. <laughs> but sometimes yeah. I think we just have to like flip a switch and really look at it differently and throw out our old assumptions about what works and try something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of trying yes. something new, what, what are you going to try? 2024, <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> In, to be transparent about it, we're actually recording this before Christmas, so I think both of us are still uh, in advance of that kind of quiet period when these thoughts kind of solidify, at least for me. Yes. Yeah, me too. I like having that that extra week between Christmas and New Year's where mm-hmm. you know yep. the only tugs on me are, are personal. Right. And that's when it just sort of naturally happened. It, it has always kind of naturally happened for me at that time time of the year it's just you know new year's and renewal and all of that stuff and like the the post holiday kind of kind of <laughs> i was gonna say hangover but glow like just like uh, okay <laughs> yeah it's, glow sounds better than hangover right right um but but i've been really conscious about it this year because some of the episodes we recorded leading up to this and and, and being almost like hovering above myself kind of observing my process for like what what are the things that end up feeding into that probably late night session where I'm just like brain dumping into a text document and 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 I I've just I have been noticing it's kind of like looking back and saying like okay what was the plan for this year what worked what didn't work did it work how did it work overall mm-hmm. how happy am I with like how happy am I with it across a variety of factors, you know, like uh, how many days were super fun and energized, how many weren't, uh, how was revenue, of course, how's the, how's the subscribership looking on the mailing list? Those are my basic metrics, you know, maybe a half a dozen things, you know, with this new information that I didn't have at the beginning of last year or this year, it's confusing, the beginning of 2023, then what would, what would be more fun? Like, what would be fun to try? What, what do I think would energize me? And they're like, they're a series of things, little things that have little irons in the fire that I've, that I always have going on and look kind of like looking at those and being like, which ones of those would be, would be the fun one to take out and hammer into a horseshoe? Like what's, Mm -hmm. which ones of these would be fun given all of the information from 2023 and like how things went. Plus, what would be fun to work on that I think would improve whatever situation in 2023 was. And uh, yeah, and I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel uh, it coalesce. I'm starting to feel it coalesce around some things to do and like what the, what the umbrella focus might be for the year. Um, Oh yeah. We talked about that offline last (laughs) week. I'm, I'm excited to see this. Yeah. And it was the point, the point of even describing that is that it's not like I just woke up and I know that, you know, it's not, it's not like magic. It's just, yeah. I'm just sensitive to the, just everything that's going on and my compass of like, what would be fun? What would I be 
excited to get out of bed to work on that uh, perhaps could contribute to continued impact and success in 2024. And looking back, do you want me to, I guess I could dive in. Yeah, go ahead. So, yeah. So for me, looking back over 20, 2022 for me was a, a lot of automation where I, I wanted to be able to do a lot of course launches, like one every month, pretty much. And that was just way, way too, too complicated to do manually or without hiring someone. So I finally settled on a process to automate the the sort of marketing and delivery of a workshop every month. So that was really fun, actually, because I got to build a bunch of stuff, even though it's it's not really technically client facing because that it's automated is not obvious. It's it could be not automated. It's not like a robot's doing it. Um, so it was really fun because I get to code, which I love doing. I love I don't code for money anymore, but I still like doing it for myself. Mm-hmm. And so that was super fun. And uh, and then at the end of that year, I was like, okay, I've got these systems set up. They're working. I could literally 10x the number of people who go through any of these workshops. So for 2023, my plan was to increase awareness. So it was like top of funnel stuff so that more people would be aware, you know, more people who mostly bill by the hour would become aware of the hourly billing is nuts stuff and then get on my list. That was my big thing. It's like do stuff top of funnel to get people on my list, not even buy anything, just get them on the list. And eventually that will trickle down into enough people buying stuff that I can continue to keep doing that. And in retrospect, I did not enjoy that at all. (laughs) (laughs) It was not, it was not fun. Uh, it wasn't bad. I didn't, it wasn't torturous with some exceptions like dorking around with Instagram and a little bit with LinkedIn. I don't enjoy that, but I, I got that. I got LinkedIn in particular down to a very quick weekly batch process that, uh, is, is, it's not fun, but it doesn't take me enough time to even worry about it. It's like five minutes. And, but, but the whole, the whole thing uh, the, some of the tactics were like go on more podcasts, put more stuff on YouTube, um, put more stuff on social, uh, do more sort of virtual speaking engagements online and remotely. And I guess with the exception of those, those are fun, but there were, there were hardly any of those. I maybe did three of those last year, maybe four doing the podcast tour thing is tedious, you know, getting booked on people's shows, getting them tedious. Yeah, doing them is fun. Getting them is tedious. Right. I love doing them, but getting them is yeah. just a real it's tough to automate and do well. It's it's easy to imagine outsourcing it, but I've got some people that do that and that's not great either and just all of that all of that stuff is like it just wasn't fun. It's just not fun. Not a fun way to spend time. And as a consequence, I didn't, I couldn't automate it. And I don't really enjoy doing it. So I did a poor job of keeping up mm, with it. There's a lesson in that for us all. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's like, I just know if I'm not enjoying it, I'm not going to do it. It's, you know, like I always, I'm yeah. always talking about like, does this to do that I'm procrastinating on? Does it really need to get done or can I just delete it? So, I, you know, there's stuff like that. And since I was, it was mostly about top of funnel stuff and increasing awareness and promoting and all of that. Uh, I didn't make anything. And that actually from our conversation last week, I realized 
uh, I realized that. I realized that I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I get a lot of energy. I love making things. Super it's fun. Fun. Right. And yeah. I, I don't think I made one thing. I can't think of one thing I made in 2023. I didn't build any automation. I was just like running manual systems. Yeah, I don't think I made anything. Just, you know, I, I wrote every day, but I didn't make like a course. I don't right. Think, I don't think I you did. Build, maybe I didn't that's build. Like, yeah, yeah, build something. I didn't build anything, and uh, well, other than a bathroom. Bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I think it all went into that one. That it one did. room. It really did. And <laughs> and as we discussed, I was in my somewhere between incompetency zone and competency zone for that whole project, which was not energizing. Yeah. Like I didn't build anything in my genius zone at all in 2023. I cannot think of anything. Maybe I did. Maybe there was something at the beginning of the year or something, but. It, it was really like, okay, I'm going to let, I'm going to let the system do its thing and just get more people aware of the message, the mission and get them into the, the system. I, I got a ton of people, new people in Ditcherville. Uh, so I mean like things, it worked, but it wasn't fun. It's like an operational or executional year, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And sometimes we need some of those, but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's going to be fun. Yeah, it was. It wasn't not fun. It was just like eh. I just wasn't feeling energized. I felt very not energized by yeah. the by the you know the fall. So one new thing I did during the end of the year was that three hundred and sixty engagement. I think I've talked about on the show where I went deep, deep, deep into one particular student's business, like behind the scenes financials and everything, and that was really fun. And I was like, okay, that was really fun. And there was particular pieces of it that I'm like, ooh, this would make a, a cool workshop that I think would be fun. It, it could turn into a book. It could turn into a lot of different things. It's just like a new planet in my solar system. And it's like, oh, that could be cool. So so as of right now, and I, I haven't had my sort of contemplative post-holiday uh, <laughs> brain, brain dump, but it's feeling like I, I definitely want to be building. It feels like building things is going to be is going to be the the core some some version of that is going to be the core focus and and perhaps i've certainly found this in the past sometimes launching new things actually increases awareness because yeah. people talk about new stuff yeah jeff walker talks about that in his book in his launch book it's oh, yeah cool. it's it well he calls it a hot list but i i like i like to think of it as just new gets attention Mm-hmm. It, it almost doesn't matter if it's something they like or not, but it it draws new people, new energy to you. Yeah, Grows it, email lists. Right. So building stuff, perhaps, this is just the hypothesis, perhaps it will increase awareness in a way that um, would be way more fun and, you know, than cold emailing people to come on their podcast. Yeah. So maybe two birds with one stone, because then I know I know that'll be a lot more fun. Mm hmm. Yeah, so that that feels exciting. I can and and again, just to expose the process to the listener, I'm just I'm like just picturing it and sort of sensing my reaction, and it sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's not it's not some hobby thing. It's not like I just like what am I? I'm trying to draw a distinction between just engaging in activities that I find pleasing versus. You know, that's that's a superset of all the things I could spend my time doing, all the things that I just find pleasing. And then there's a subset of that that is specifically around my business that theoretically 
or hypothetically could further my agenda. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I, I'm not saying like, like listen to your gut and just do whatever you think is fun or you're passionate about. I'm like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like, what makes sense strategically based on my overall objective to rid the world of hourly billing? What makes sense for this year to focus on? And that narrows down that whittles down to, t- there's probably only, I don't know, fewer than 10 things that I would even think of to consider probably not even 10 and then say like, okay, of these, which one seems the most fun? So it's not just a whole like, Oh, maybe this year I'll just practice my tornado kick all year. Like that's not, <laughs> you know, that would <laughs> I had be a fun visual too. For that. <laughs> that would be energizing, but it's not going to further my objective. Yeah. And I think, you know, as I'm listening to you and, you know, I've experienced this with you through the course of the last few years, it's like, I think there is a lesson for the listener, really for all of us in this, because we have years where what we're doing is sort of digesting the things that we did from the year before. Like you, you might have a high growth year that took you away from a plateau. And that plateau could be a revenue plateau, or it could be the kind of work that you're doing, like you felt stuck, like in this Mm -hmm. plateau. And so then you, you know, you go up a notch. And it's not surprising that there's that sort of year, like, okay, I have all these programs, I need to, I need to systematize them, I need to have this, you know, make sense. I mean, you know, you started out as a coder, like, of course, that's your job, right? Or was (laughs) your job is like to make order out of chaos and make things work. So it's like, that's probably like your, your set point, right? You always want to come back to that. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, even if we're not wired that way, most of us don't want to run our business like our hair is on fire, mm-hmm. right? And we'll, we'll put up with it for a while. Maybe we'll even really love it for a little while. But long term, you know, we're looking because we're doing these businesses not only for the money, but for the impact and the free time and the flexibility. And we don't have that if we're, you know, 90 miles an hour with our hair on fire. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's that's what it feels like is there's always this time where we just sort of integrate everything that we've done and then we get ready to do the next leap Mm. yeah so is that so where are you at in this process well i i still need that week (laughs) (laughs) to really sit back but i think my my theme is feeling like it's expansion as kind of, and I, you notice, like the last few episodes, I keep saying the upward spiral, the upward spiral. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. I mean, for me, I spent 2022 um, testing and developing and rolling out uh, my first mastermind, and that was for soloist women. And that was really cool. Love doing that, creating something new. I love that it was a group thing, whereas most of my things, I'd done some group things, but really most of my revenue came from one-to-one. And then in 2023, I decided what I really wanted to do was I wanted to kind of double down on the, the, the soloist women thing, but I wasn't sure at the beginning of the year what that looked like. And by the middle of the year, I realized, oh, it's a podcast. Right. <laughs> and so that was the creating something new or building something new. And so that was super fun. And it it hit against some of my own limits, 
right? It was like, oh, do I want to put my voice out there in this way? Um, you know, do I want to like deal with all the stuff that comes with focusing on one gender? Like, do I want to go there? So I went through all of that. So I did, it, it, it was fun, but it was also, it really pushed me to expand. And I like that. And I was mm. originally thinking that this might be the year of connection, but I think that's that was my theme for last year. And I certainly did it. And I thought, you know, this is about expansion and expansion in terms of, it's not just revenue. I mean, that's, that's certainly part of it, but it's expansion in terms of the impact that I can make out in the world. It's expansion in terms of the people that I know um, and that I meet in the course of this work and how I can um, kind of collaborate with them to get the places where our messages intersect out into the world and really get people to realize that being a soloist is a worthy profession and that you don't have to listen to all of the noise out there about how many employees you have to hire and how you have to grow, grow, grow <laughs> at all costs. And so, yeah, it's it's really, I was thinking about this when you were talking too, it's really about you know, how do we further our revolution? And the way I've described it for the other podcasts is, and it could apply to this one too, for that matter, it's turn your expertise into wealth and impact. But where wealth is revenue, free time, and flexibility, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just money. And it's, it's how you balance. It's the balance of those three that each of us in our own way define as wealth. And all of our definitions are different. But I just love mm. this idea that wealth is about more than money and that it's okay to use the word, that it doesn't mean that we are some like slimy, like bootlicking, you know, <laughs> terrible capitalist. You know, it's okay to want to build wealth for yourself, for your family, for um, the people that you want to help in the world. So it's really those. And I think the other thing is that I really would – I like this upward spiral. And I think if, if we um, follow Gay Hendricks' teachings on this, he's the one that, that gave me the term, um, it's become so easy to put limits on our success. And we do it sometimes without thinking. We sabotage. Like we have a great day at the office, then we go home and we pick a fight with our spouse or partner, <laughs> right? We, we do that. And I, I think this is the year I want to be really, really conscious of anything that gets in the way of the upward spiral. Like what could I do that would just keep this going up, mm. right? And I like to think of it as it's not just me, although obviously, you know, I'm the one playing with this and thinking about it and how do I make a living at this? But it's really about how that idea of um, building wealth and impact from your expertise, how does that get out there? How can I have more people who are receptive to it, hear the message and make the change that they want to make? Yeah, more impact and all the things that come with it. How do you detect, like if that were, if that's, if that started to solidify, right? Like mm -hmm. how would you detect what things you would do to contribute to that? Is it the oh. same with me where you're just like, you can just tell what would be fun or is there some other metric? Well, yeah, that's interesting. I, I do think I can tell what would be fun, but I can't always tell what's going to spark where, right? And so, um, you know, the example I use is that um, Jenny Blake is guesting on the 
episode that it will have dropped by the time this episode airs, but she's it drops on the 14th of December. And I had so much fun with that. I loved her book. I must have bought 10 books that she recommended in her book. I think I bought a couple of pieces of software. Um, it turns out that someone in my circle is actually a friend of hers, and she was mentioned in the book. I reached out to her. The next thing I know, you know, she's on the show. Generous interview. She's doing some really interesting different things. I mean, that's an example where that felt expansive. You know, does it go anywhere else? It it doesn't have to. I mean, maybe it will. I don't know. But it's it feels expansive. It feels like that was a good thing. Now, I could have that same feeling with someone who doesn't have a big audience, who doesn't have a couple of top ranked podcasts where um, they share a story that I, I can feel resonating. Like I, my, my, my sign is that when I get goosebumps, when somebody tells me either like a direction they want to go or something that happened to them like that, that's usually when I think, okay, if I'm getting goosebumps, other people are going to resonate with this too. And that all feels, you know, expansive, right? And, you know, I was thinking when you said, you know, you looked at your list and you have this thing that you're procrastinating about. I had one of those yesterday. Oh, yeah. That I've it's been on my list. Uh, I was on their calendar, and they kept changing the 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 call that was going to be recorded. And I think it got changed like six times. And I finally just said, you know, I just I just really don't want to do this now. And um, and so, but I still had it on my list because I was like, oh, you know, I owe it to this soulless w- women concept to go on this platform and talk about it. You know, I should make myself do this. And so I still had it on the list. I was looking at it yesterday. And I so I clicked on the thing and I said, all right, I either have to, you know, do this or take it off the list. And I looked at the site and I went, I don't want to do this. And so I took it off my list and I had the email. I'm now at, I finally got to inbox zero. I'm there. I'm going to stay there. And I looked at the email. Like, I'm like, all right, where do I file this? And he went, I don't file it. I don't want to do this. I hit delete. <laughs> and I guess that's the point. So so in that case, it would have been expansive, theoretically, right? This is someone with a, a really big audience, but I just wasn't feeling it. And it wasn't mm. about my ego and the six times. I mean, I won't say that helped, but it was really, it was like, I just felt like our messages weren't aligned. It, there wasn't enough overlap hmm. in the messaging, even though it was a big female audience. It wasn't the right audience. And I just, you know, and it felt so good. <laughs> it was like the last thing I did before I shut down last night. And I'm like, oh, I have to do this more often on the things that just sit there on my yeah. list. So yeah, yeah did that answer best. your question? <laughs> yeah, it did. I mean, it really is about how you want to spend your time. So like, like, I don't know if this is, I I feel like this might seem off topic, but to me it's on topic, which is you were just mentioning wealth and like, it's not just money. And, and I, I've a couple of like retrospectively over the course of this year, there are definitely times where I was just like, eh, you know, like not jumping out of bed to do podcast outreach or something like that. (laughs) And I found myself, even in interviews, I had this one interview on Everyone Hates Marketers where Louis Grenier asked me something like, he, he, was, he was really, really digging into like my revenue and 
divided by hours that I work. He was like really curious about that, which is his style. So I, I went there, but I, I, there's this offhanded comment that I made. I don't remember making really. I just sort of heard it in the, in the replay where I was like, I said, I feel like I'm retired and that's not good. And it, I was like, that was a, I'm like, what? There was something in that. Yeah. There's a judgment right there's there. There's something going on. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what is like, what do I even think retired means? Cause I, I and I was labeling, I, th- I think I was using the word retired in a def- defeatist kind of way. Like, mm-hmm. a, like, you know, you're in the locker room after the game and that's it. Cause that's how it felt when I said it. That's how it sounded when I said it. And I was like, but what did I mean? And, and it had, so I feel like, I feel like I achieved lots of free time last year and the year before, but the wealth comes from not, it's free time's not sufficient for me because the things that I fill up my time with are not in my genius zone. So I end up with a whole bunch of time spent doing barely competent stuff. And I never picture retirement anywhere near anyone's genius zone which may be not true, but that's the way I picture it mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, the typical, not quite margaritas on the beach, but you know, all of my parents and in-laws, they're all been retired for a long time and they all seem happy or whatever, but I wouldn't want the lifestyles that they have. Mm-hmm. And like my dad and, and Erica's dad, classic young boomer, uh, 35 year career at the same fortune 500 Mm -hmm. the the typical climb the corporate ladder thing and like pop out the top with a a golden parachute or whatever and and i'm like "Ah." you know so this year felt like there were times this year that felt like this hazy definition of retirement that was unappealing so i knew something was off and then like what is it and then you know actually i think it was after we stopped recording last week when i realized that it was the the wealth and the, the energy and like what we want the free time for isn't to just have free time. It sounds so obvious now that I'm saying it out loud, but it was not obvious to, to my gut instinct where I was like, oh, I don't want to spend my days with nothing to do so I can just float around and do whatever I want. I would rather spend more time doing stuff that I just, it just the only word is energized me, like the stuff I want to jump out of bed to do. So like whether or not that looks like or is categorized as work becomes immaterial. But I didn't, I wasn't looking at it like that before. Well, you know, here's the the non-shrink <laughs> listening to this and saying it's it was the impact perhaps, right? Because, you know, when you, when you did the bathroom as an example, it had a huge impact on a very small group of people. But it, right. It, right. But it, it was big. But, you know, when when you're doing your day job, if you will, you know, you're looking at impacting a much larger group of people. And there's something about the impact that can relate to, to the energizing for some people. Sure. Not everybody's driven by that. And, you know, I live in a town where we have um, a lot of retirees and there are retirees who like there's one who's you know, in her late 70s and traveling to um, meet a business client 
and, you know, working um, as as well as, you know, going to the pool every day at three o'clock. I mean, she balances both of those. And then there's some because Palm Springs is kind of a happy party town who, you know, it's all about, you know, having drinks at the pool every day. And so, yeah, there, you know, just like there's a gazillion definitions of retirement, I think there's a gazillion definitions of how you want to make an impact. Mm. And it's like we could have a great financial year. And if we're driven by impact, if impact energizes us and we're not feeling like we're doing that, you know, wouldn't be surprising yeah. that it would kind of feel like low energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in case it wasn't clear that I'm just I just keep hammering on the same point. It's like the freedom to do energizing things. It completely boils down to how you feel. <laughs> Right. It's like and and that's not intangible. It's the most tangible thing. It's your source of energy to do all the things you have to do in your life. If you're not energizing yourself, if you're not feeding the machine, you know, putting the logs in. Yeah, the battery's low. It just feels low. And so so like thinking about so to get back to planning for the year, so this is where I'm trying to I'm trying to land the plane, is <laughs> is like for people listening, it's like what would charge you up what activities could you do during the day that would further your mission and, and potentially reach your objective not that you won't tweak it and, and course correct along the way but a great starting point for me is to to know what kinds of things would charge me up during the day and then f and then look for an overlap in the venn diagram of like stuff that's going to increase my wealth and impact and that I don't have to force myself to do every day. Genius zone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But if you yeah. think of it, if you just think of it on like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring it down to a really micro level where it's like, what would, like, if you get out of bed tomorrow or like planning for your day, like what would make you jump out of bed? Just like, can't wait to like not hit the snooze, skip the shower, go straight to the computer or whatever. Like, what are the, what's that list of things? And then is there some way what is the path from where you are to spending your days like that in the future? It's not this, it's, it's to me, it's like almost the opposite of being like, I want to make a million dollars next year, or I want to have this much money in the bank. Like this just goal thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, that does, does not work for me in the moment. Well, you know, I think there's research around, you know, goals that are tied to your emotions and what you really want to achieve big picture are the ones that are most likely to be accomplished. Sure. Right? If you set up systems around that, I, I, I think I agree with that. I do yeah, agree with that. Yeah. I'm yeah. big picture. I mean, those are the things because those are the things we want to do, like, you know, crossing off the going on a show I really didn't want to go on. It's finding those things. And that's what does lead us to our genius zones. And it's not like we sit up on the mountaintop and go, oh, this is my genius. I mean, if you've been doing something long <laughs> enough, you may be able to like, you know, jot it down pretty quickly, but you might not know yet. You might be in a stage where you feel like you're getting up every morning, you got your to-do list and you're like, ugh, <laughs> ugh. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so you know something needs to change. So one way to look at that is just start looking at the to-do list. Change at the bottom, at the simplest place that you can start, which is right. what's on your to-do list. And I will tell you right now, I got, I got so much energy from just taking that one thing off that damn list. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. All of a sudden you're like, oh, that was really on my back. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I'm, and I'm in the middle of reading the um, Getting Things Done, the 20, I think it's the 2015 update, but mm-hmm. I, I wanted to see like how his system jived with mine. And um, yeah, and so I put some of those things on a separate list. And when I did that, it was, it really called attention to the things that, you know, didn't spike my excitement meter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we talked last time about like Marie Kondo, your schedule, or maybe that was my... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did we invent that? Yeah, I think I think we talked about that. Yeah, so I don't think it's woo to say like, to be able to just like follow your feelings. I mean, it's a combination of things, but... I, Did I you guess just say pe- that? I know. Did I you know. just say that? It's true, okay. though. John and Sarah, I'm noting this down. <laughs> <laughs> December 12th, 2023. Right. For folks who for, for <laughs> folks who just have no clue, because I've talked to tons of them, like I could do a million things. I, I can't pick one. I don't know who I want to help. Like there's it's just like there's but there are a lot of different ways into this, whatever you measure success by. There are a lot of ways into it. It's like, OK, so a, a possible foot in the door into a direction for the year or or otherwise is just being super micro and just paying attention to how you feel about your activities, your day, like each thing that's that you have, you know, scheduled in the afternoon. And am I looking forward to this or not? It really boils down to that. It's like, am I looking forward to this meeting or this to do or this project or not? Am I excited or not? And I guess it's just same old genius zone concept. But if you don't know where to start, I'm I'm laughing because it's exactly why I'm working on a genius zone time challenge because oh, cool. we don't do this if we don't if we don't do it if we don't do it. It's like we have <laughs> we have to pay attention to it before we'll actually make a change. It's like it has to hit into the conscious level mm. of what we're doing that is definitely outside the genius zone. Mm. Yeah, I just I, I just heard this quote the other day. I'm not sure who said it was old old self-helpy kind of quote where the interviewee said something like, you know, you got to get your thoughts right. You got to get to know what you're thinking, get control over your thoughts. And the guy said, yeah, because thoughts control your actions. And then the interviewee said, well, thoughts control your feelings and your feelings control your actions. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, first of all, I agree with that. And second of all, that's a really important distinction. Yeah. And we, I think we talked last time about how as you get older and the number of responsibilities that you take on increases, it can become harder and harder to even remember or notice how any of it's making you feel. Cause you're all, do- you're doing a lot of it or all of it for outside reasons for other people. And these are just responsibilities that you've, uh, I don't want to say encumbered yourself with, but you know, you're, you're doing them for a, an abstraction the reason that you're doing them is an abstraction or like a one one step removed. So if you if you can't if you're really bad at sensing, even knowing when you're in your genius zone is kind of what I'm saying. It's like if if you have no clue where that is or what it is, I would just like start looking at the, look at your calendar, look at your to do list. What are you excited about doing? Hopefully the answer isn't nothing, <laughs> <laughs> but there's something. Or even if even if the answer is nothing, just look back the past year or two, like what did you completely get deep work done or got deep focus or lose time or, you know, just really, really had fun doing and just looking for clues. I'm just, I'm just trying to find a bottom up way for someone listening. Who's just 
just not not knowing what to do. I always want to give people some kind of like tactical advice. Well, I think what happens is we say yes, because in the moment, like yes sounds really good. But then a week later, a day later, a month later, when you have to actually deliver on the thing you said yes to, all of a mm. sudden we're like, oh, why didn't I say yes to that? Yeah. So I think what can happen is that our our to-do list get cluttered with things for other people or as you said for for other agendas that like we just don't really care about (laughs) and so i think that there's a lot of us women in particular are socialized to say okay of course i'll do that because nobody else i mean that's what i did in my hoa is like nobody else stepped up so i did Right. It was like somebody had to. I guess it's going to be me. Right. So we do that. And then we look in with dismay at our to do list and go, how did this happen? You know, how did I agree to make cookies for this or deliver, (laughs) you know, hot meals over here or and, you know, and, and, you know, the equivalent in your professional life. So. Yeah, I mean, I just think that clarity and the, you know, so you look for where the emotions are, look for where you, you really love something and look for the opposite. Look for, yeah. look at something that you're dreading. Dread. And, you know, I guarantee in most cases, not all, but in most cases, the thing that you dread might be in somebody else's genius zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It might be, they might love to take it off your hands, you know, if in fact it even needs to be done. It might be like my thing where you could just cross it off and, you know, nobody dies. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Is this, is this helpful for like for folks kicking off the 2024, you know, this is more art than science. I don't think either one of us have a real, it'd be hard to make a SOP for this, like a checklist, a repeatable process. It's just like a it's an exploration retrospectively and sort of like projecting into the future around how you're going to feel going throughout your day every day for the rest of the year. It's, it's just, that's just it. And if you can get closer and closer every day or every week or every month or every year to improving the way you feel every day, like then <laughs> like that's where it's at. It's not like success has to be delayed and someday you'll be rich and, and retired, like I was talking about before. Oh, now mm-hmm. I can finally be happy. It's like, no, you're not going to be happy unless you learn how to be happy. Be happy now. Way. Be happy now, right? And, and of course, you can't just change your to-do list or your calendar overnight. It takes time. So if you're not jazzed about what's on your calendar right now, it's going to probably take time. There's probably some things you could just cancel. I'm not doing these weekly check-ins anymore or i'm going to switch them to bi-weekly or these daily stand-ups are just a waste of time let's switch to weekly and just just get some of those things that drain you off your plate especially anything recurring and then slowly start putting stuff in there that contributes to your success or your goals but that you're looking forward to and energizes you well, and then just to circle back to the point we made at the very beginning, um, you know, when we were talking about headlines and, you know, all the messages that are bom- bombarding you from all sorts of different sources is, you know, niche well and play your game, hmm. right? It's not about what somebody else did to be successful. It's about what you want to do for to make your impact with your people using your expertise. Mm. Yep. Follow the goosebumps into these yeah. pockets of pockets of value creation, I guess I would say. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's enough woo out of me. Put a pin in that woo. 
I sense our first uh, coffee cup, our March. Follow your feelings. <laughs> it's like a scripty font. I think it should be follow your woo. <laughs> follow, is that what? Yeah. Follow, follow the woo. Uh, God. Uh, all the woo is done in Wooville. All right. We're losing it. So... <laughs> So this is the end of the year for us. So you can see. Can you tell? Yeah. So we have a couple weeks off and then we have our first episode, which will air on New Year's Day. And what better way to start the new year than listening to us? Yes. Well, Happy New Year, dear listener. (laughs) Absolutely. See you in 2024. All right. That's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.